There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. I'd like to welcome each and every one of our listeners. We certainly appreciate all of you listening via uh, the internet. We certainly appreciate those of you to spread word about this podcast. I'd like to welcome our commuters. I'd like to welcome our homeschoolers, our chapel service, family, friends alike. We certainly appreciate you tuning in. Let somebody else know about the podcast. We're back in the book of Matthew. We're going to be finishing up Matthew this week. And then, Lord willing, next week we're going to have testimonies. They may trickle into the following week. We're not sure exactly what's going to take place with that yet. Uh, but we certainly look forward to listening to the testimonies of many of folks that have gotten saved in the last few years. And then we're going to have a few folks who got saved more than a few years ago. They're just going to give their life story, the testimony of what God has done for them. And we certainly appreciate the, the Word of God, appreciate those that we volunteer uh, to do their testimonies and to speak. It's not an easy thing to sit here behind this microphone and stare at a wall and speak. And so we appreciate the folks that have done that. Matthew 27 is where we are again today. And the Word of God tells us he's been crucified. Jesus Christ uh, has been crucified on the cross. And the thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. What is that? He said, if you let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. We find another place in Scripture. We find where the other thief on the cross uh, repented. He came to a place where he says, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And so he found a place of repentance there at Calvary. He believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And about the, about the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land under the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, this man calleth for Elias. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. Now, he did that. The scripture might be fulfilled. We read this just the other day. We'll go back and visit this again. Psalm 69, the scripture is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. In verse 20, reproach hath broken my heart, for I am full of heaviness, and I looked for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. And so he's speaking of his enemies, those in verse 4 that hate him without a cause. And they gave him vinegar to drink. So again, fulfillment of Scripture, fulfillment of the Word of God. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Now when he cried, Eli, Eli, that is not calling for Elias, which they thought he was doing, but he was saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It is under the cover of darkness. It is under that place of judgment, that place that God hideth himself in the thick cloud. It is there that he judged his dear son. It is there that God himself came down, dealt with his son, 
judged him as a sinner, he who knew no sin, yet the sin and the iniquity, the sickness, the diseases, the wretchedness of every one of us had been laid on Jesus Christ. And because of that, God came down and judged him. That is that is Job 16. And Job 16 makes that very clear, that that's God that shook him. That's God that took him and judged him, poured out his wrath upon him. There are men that do not believe that. They do not believe that he was made sin for us. There are men that deny the doctrines of the faith. They cannot see Christ in the Old Testament. What they have is a Christ of the New Testament. They have no trouble believing a modern-day Passion of the Christ, a modern-day movie view, Ben-Hur, or other movies of Christ, uh, the greatest story ever told. They have no trouble seeing a crucifixion that's based on Hollywood. What they have trouble with is the horror of Calvary, the shock of Calvary, the violence of Calvary, the ugliness of Calvary, and it had nothing to do with the men of this world. It had to do with this great God of heaven dealing with his son. had to do with God dealing with his son as a transgressor of the law. And men choke at that. And men struggle with that. And men have problems with that. And we see according to the scripture, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I've preached it this way, and I'm not going to be dogmatic about this. Some would disagree. It doesn't bother me one bit. But in Psalm 22, when we see Jesus Christ using scripture, he is fulfilling scripture. And the psalmist wrote there, which is David, the chief musician, upon Ejelah Shehar, a psalm of David, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? And I wrestled over that for a long time. I went through that for a long time. But here's what the word of God said in verse 10 of Psalm 71. For mine enemies speak against me and they lay wait for my soul, take counsel together. Now, is that his enemies on earth? No, it's his enemies that lay wait for his soul. And so we know the enemies that lay wait for his soul are the enemies that lay wait for our soul. It is the devil. It is the devil and his devils. They lay wait for our souls. They try to destroy the souls of men. Uh, they hate God. They hate the word of God. And they do everything they can to disrupt and to affect. He's saying God hath forsaken him persecute and take him for there is none to deliver him. So again, those that wait for his soul, that's their statement. That's their quote. And then he says, Oh God, be not far from me. Oh my God, make haste for my help. So they say there is none to deliver him. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? But then he cries, O God, be not far from me. O God, make haste for my help. Now we know according to scripture, he says this on the cross. This is while he still has breath to breathe, blood is still coursing through his veins. He is dying on the cross. Not long after that, he says, it is finished. And he bows his head and he gives up the ghost. So we know he's still alive when he says this. And when they say there is none to deliver him, then he says, oh my God, be not far from me. So we know that God is far from him. I believe in Psalm 22, when he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, I believe with his lips, he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It has been recorded for history for us to see the cry of Jesus Christ. 
But what we see in the Psalms, I believe we see the cry of his heart. I believe we see the, him calling to the Father from the depths. Deep calleth unto deep. That is Jesus Christ calling to his Father out of his heart. I believe it's internal. I believe this is a personal relationship. I believe it's communion between a holy God and his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. So there we have the rest of that psalm, that portion of psalm that gives us a little bit of understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also see a verse I've used often in Psalm 34. Now, some of you remember going through the Messianic Psalms on this podcast. I had not seen this at this point. It wasn't until much later that I saw this, but the Lord revealed this to me through Scripture. In verse 17 of Psalm 34, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Now, we got a dear preacher friend that has studied that word, the righteous, or the phrase, rather, the righteous. We know that the righteous normally is Jesus Christ, but here he said the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them. Plurality. I believe that's not only the righteous, I believe that's those that are righteous in him. I believe that that is an all-encompassing righteous there, but the Lord delivereth them, plural, out of all their troubles. Then he says in verse 18, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, and there it is again, the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Now we see it as singular. Both places says the righteous. One is plural, one is singular. He said the Lord delivereth him out of them all, and then it tells us who it is when he says he keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. He is that Passover lamb. He is that Lamb of God. Not one of his bones will be broken. We know that's Jesus Christ. But then it puts in context for us earlier in that chapter in Psalm 34, 6, a very well-known passage that says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, singular, and saved him out of all his troubles. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Then from inside, deep calling unto deep, In the inside of Jesus Christ, in his heart, he calls out and says, Why art thou so far from helping me? Why? Never before has he been separated from the Father. Never before has he been isolated from the Godhead. He's always known fellowship. He's always walked in fellowship. He is the light of the world. And now he's been made a sin offering. Now he's been offered for sin. And he says, Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring. They stood by and thought it was Elias. So they filled that sponge. They brought vinegar and gave it to him to drink. And then they mocked and said, see whether Elias come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. That takes us to Psalm 18, one of those messianic passages of Jesus Christ. And Psalm 18 tells us several things, and I will just start in verse 4. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. 
The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. What does it mean the snares of death prevented me? He could not leave. He could not depart. Death had a victory over him. But then he said, oh, death, where is thy sting? Jesus Christ took away the sting of death. Oh, grave, thy victory. Jesus Christ took away the victory from the grave. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. And we see all three in this passage. He says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. What is his cry? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's why it says, cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry, individual, singular, personal, my cry, my cry, my God. It's personal to him. And my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. And so we see as his cry comes under the ear of his father, Jesus Christ, he yielded up the ghost. And it's interesting, he cried again with a loud voice. Now I realize that another gospel tells us he cried, it is finished. It doesn't tell you in Matthew what he cried, but the word of God said this in the book, when he had cried again with a loud voice, he cried unto the Lord. Could it be it is finished? Yes, it could be. Could it be more? Yes, it may be. He cried with a loud voice. Matthew doesn't tell us if it was it is finished or if he cried, I know if Roman Catholicism has steeped us and seeped in and we have the sayings of the cross, those that were recorded, could he have said more? Well, Psalm 22 did say he said more. He didn't say it with his lips, but that cry was an audible cry. It doesn't mean he said words. It's just he cried with a loud voice and he gave up the ghost. I'm not contending that he didn't cry, it is finished. I'm simply saying we don't know what he cried. But he cried with a loud voice, and then when he yielded up the ghost, that's when the word of God tells us the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. Why? Because his cry came into his holy temple. His cry came into the ear of the Father. And he heard the cry of his son, and the Lord was wroth. The Son of God had been offered. The Son of God had died. The Son of God had been offered for the sins of man. And there he dies on the cross of Calvary. He dies forsaken. He dies beaten. He dies pierced. He dies bloody. And he dies alone at the cross of Calvary. And the Lord was wroth. And the word of God said, the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. But it does not say all, it says many bodies. Many bodies. There were a multitude of them that came out of the grave. They slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection, notice that, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now it's interesting because those folks that have paintings and drawings and chalk art depicting this before the resurrection. But notice what it says. The rocks, the earth did quake, the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints were slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection. And went to the holy city and appeared unto many. They were saved by his life. Had he not been the first fruits of that resurrection, they couldn't have resurrected. 
But he came and he preached to the prisoner, took captivity captive, presented them to the Father, ascended into the heavens with them at some point. And by the way, there is a timeline there for he appeared on earth without yet ascending to his father. These graves opened after his resurrection. They came out of the graves after his resurrection. But you say, where are they at? Why aren't they still on the earth? Because he took them into heaven. The word of God tells us that he ascended on high. I need to stop there. We'll be back tomorrow for the Wednesday edition of the podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all at night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed